So what chapter are we on? Chapter 3. So chapter 3 of Luke is primarily focusing on the ministry of John the Baptist. You may recall from chapter 1 that John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus and that he was given this very specific um, and crucial ministry role from the Lord even before he was born. He wasn't even born yet, and God had put his hand on him and said, this is your job, and that he was going to be what is called the forerunner of Jesus, or the forerunner of the Messiah. Remember, Jesus is this promised deliverer that's a fulfillment of prophecy, saying the one who's coming to set people free from sin, and, and, and John the Baptist is given a ministry to prepare people for that. He's the forerunner. And what you need to understand that John is a very, maybe the, in all of church history, he plays this incredibly unique role. A lot of times we don't think of it this way, but John is this very unique character. And what he does, what his ministry is, is he was bringing the bridge between the old way, the old covenant, the Old Testament, and how God interacted with people. And he's the bridge from that to the, to the new covenant, to the, to the new way, the new way that God would, would, act, would interact with people. Because what's God doing different now? God himself is coming to man. That's who Jesus is. God himself, Jesus, comes on the human scene in the person of Jesus. And so John is the bridge between that. He bridges a a transition, this this way of the function of God with mankind from the old covenant to the new covenant. So let's grab our Bibles. And we're going to do something this time. We're going to actually read a large portion of chapter 3. Chapter 3 of Luke. We're going to read verses 2. To 17. Now, guess, somebody guess why we're reading starting in verse 2. It's very spiritual. Can any of you pronounce those names in verse 1? I know I can't. So, we're starting in verse 2. That's, that's called pastoral privilege. I get to say we're, we're not reading those names out loud because uh, I can't pronounce half of them. So, chapter 2. In the high priesthood of Anaphis, Anna and Caiaphas, Annas and Caiaphas, The word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the district around Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. If you have have a mark in your Bible, put a little mark right there. Chapter 3, verse 3. Verse 3 is very important here. Verse 4, as it was written in the book of the word of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every ravine will be filled and every mountain will be, will be brought low. The crooked will become straight and the rough road smooth, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. So he began saying to the crowds who were going out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers. Now this is how you build the church, right? <laughs> they come out to hear you and you say this. You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I say to you that from these stones God is able to raise up children of Abraham. So he's showing this transition. You've thought the way God deals with you is simply because you're Jewish. He's saying, no, 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 something new is happening here. It's not about being Jewish anymore. Verse 9. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees, so every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds were questioning him, saying, Then what shall we do? And he would answer and say to them, A man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and he who has food is to do likewise. 
And some tax collectors also came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what you have been ordered to. And some soldiers were questioning him, saying, And what about us? What shall we do? And he said to them, Do not take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely and be content with your wages. And while the people were in a state of expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ, John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the throng of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into barns. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I'm going to stop right there. John, John the Baptist, not John the disciple, John is the voice crying in the wilderness, making ready the way of the Lord. What I was going to do today to start our service I had it all pulled up. I was going to stand at the step, put it on a thing. I was going to have you listen to a, a section of Handel's Messiah. Remember that thing? You know what an aria is? I remember this from college. An aria is where they have a section of music designed to show off a person's voice. Till I listened to Handel's Messiah, the section on every valley should be exalted, and it's so annoying that I couldn't possibly play it. Um, some of you would disagree with that, but I was going to play it, and I thought... I don't want, did you, could you hear me in my office playing it, playing it, Mitch? I was playing and I'm finally, I can't make the church listen to this. But that's what this is about. This is Handel's Messiah. He was trying to sing this section of verses where it's about John doing his ministry, which is making ready the way of the Lord. John's ministry was to prepare people. Primarily in the, at that time, Jewish people, to prepare them to receive something new from God, which was Jesus as their savior. That instead of them doing what they had done, sacrificing sheep and doves in order to basically roll the guilt of their sin ahead another year, because that's what the Jewish sacrifices did. They rolled the guilt of sin ahead of a year and put it on an animal. And that's and it didn't, it didn't deal with sin. It didn't deal with the curse of mankind. It simply forgave sin. So John was preparing them for a new and a better way. Instead of rolling the guilt of sin forward for a year, now Jesus was the Lamb of God that does what? He takes away the sin of the world. It's different. doesn't just roll it forward. doesn't place it on an animal. He takes away the sins of the world. That Jesus would deal with the problem of sin in, hum- in humanity, in, in, the, in, in our world. He would deal with the problem of sin. You see, under the Old Covenant... Sims, as I said, were simply rolled forward this. They were simply forgiven. Making mankind not responsible for what they had done. And that's what John's ministry was about. He represented the old way. But what did he do? He promised a better way that was just around the corner. See, look at John's ministry description. Look at verse 3. I told you to mark it if you, if you mark in your Bible. Verse 3 basically says this. He came, what? Preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Friends, that's the old covenant. For some of you right now, I need you to put your thinking caps on because you're going to go, wait a minute, I thought that was the new covenant. I'm going to show you the difference. And see, a lot of times we live on wrong thinking, wrong idea of what this Christianity is about. He came preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. That's the old covenant. Basically says this, men are sinful, 
Therefore, therefore, men are guilty. Men need their sins forgiven. Men, meaning humanity, need their sins forgiven. God provides a way to find forgiveness of sin. So man turns from sin, baptism of repentance. Repentance means change of mind and direction. Man turns from sin, and under the old covenant, an animal, through a sacrifice, suffers the result of sin. It dies in your place. So John was wrapping up that way of God dealing with mankind. John preaches a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin, but he points to a new and a better way. Look at verse 16. John says, as for me, I baptize you with water. He's talking about verse 3, I baptized of the baptism of sin, of repentance of sin. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the throng of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. See, John points to Jesus and he says, there's something different about this guy. He's doing something a new way. I do it one way. He's doing it another way. He's doing it a a better way. He's doing it a more powerful way. You see, friends, what, what they didn't understand, and a lot of times we don't, is that man needed a better way. The old way was designed by God on purpose to reveal to man that um, we need something more than just our sins forgiven. Being just forgiven isn't enough. We need to be transformed on the inside so that we don't want to engage in sin anymore on the outside. We need to be empowered to overcome and become totally different people. So that our actions that result are the result of a transformation on the inside, not just real hard work and behavior modification on the outside. We don't just need our sins forgiven. We need to be transformed into something different. We need a new nature. We need the curse of sin and death reversed in our lives. We need to die to the old life of sin, the old nature, and now live in Christ, having his nature now within us. We don't just need sins forgiven. We need to become completely new from the inside out. And that's what John's ministry was all about. He was a bridge between the old way and the new way. He ministered under the old way, but promised that a new way was coming. That the new way was Jesus himself. The way was Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus said this about himself. I am the way, the truth, and life. Jesus said... I am the way. There was an old way. Now Jesus says, I am the way. That now God has come to mankind as one of us. That as one of us, he would live a perfect and a sinless life. And then he would offer his life in our place, dying for us, paying our debt. And then he would rise again and come back to life. And in doing that, he would break the curse of sin and death that had always held mankind from the day of Adam and Eve. He wouldn't just forgive sins. He would reverse the curse. That's what Jesus would do. He would reverse the curse so that now we could live without sinning. Not that we'd be perfect, but that we could say no now because we're different on the inside. We would have the power to say no to sin because we have a new nature inside of us. We don't have a dead nature, a sin nature. In Christ, we now have a Christ's nature within us. You get what I mean when I say he reverses the curse. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, they and all mankind came under a curse. God said this, if you sin, you will die. 
That was the curse. They sinned and they died. And, and every human being since then, because of sin, has died. The curse of sin and death envelops mankind. But Jesus came as the new Adam to reverse the curse. Because we are joined with him in his death and resurrection, the curse has been broken. Because he died, but what, did he stay dead? No, he rose again. And we rise with him. He died in our place and gives us his resurrection power. We die with him and we're raised with him. He reversed the curse. So we don't have to live bound by the law of sin and death anymore. That we have now eternal life in Christ. We have a new nature. The Bible says we are now in Christ. Friends, this is what the Apostle Paul was talking about in Romans, the sixth chapter. Grab your Bible and flip over a few pages to Romans chapter six. Because I bet you maybe you haven't thought of this before. About we're brand new. We don't just have sins forgiven. That's the old. That's 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 John's ministry. Jesus promised us something so much better. Not about just sins forgiven. He's talking about becoming brand new on the inside, becoming a different person through the ministry of Christ. Romans chapter six talking about overcoming sin, and uses the analogy of baptism. Six verse, starting in verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall he who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. Your old nature was crucified with him. In order that our body of sin might be done away with. So that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died is free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body as that you, as you, as, so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness, of, righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, For you are not under law, but under grace. Paul is talking about the new covenant. He's talking about what what, what John is saying is going to come in Christ. He's talking about the new way that's offered to us in Jesus. And this is what he's basically saying, friends. He's saying, Jesus' baptism is different than John's. John's baptism was simply about turning from sin and finding forgiveness. But look at the, at the difference in Jesus's. We still turn from sin, we still find forgiveness, but we are now in Christ. 
We have died with him, and in the process, our old self was crucified. Sin was done away with, so we are no longer slaves to sin. It's exactly what he says in in verse 6. Look at verse 6. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. We need to understand, friends, in Christ, something happens different inside of us. It's not just like John had, just being forgiven of what you did and needing to come back and be forgiven again. We, yes, we still struggle with sin, but the curse has been broken and we are no longer now slaves to sin. You can say no to sin. Verse 7, for he who has died is free from sin. Now in Christ, what's he say, verse 14? Sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Friends, this is the difference between the old covenant that John represented and the new covenant that he points to in Christ. In the old, sin was simply forgiven, but in the new, sin's curse is broken and reversed, and we are brand new on the inside, and because we're brand new on the inside, we are now no longer slaves to sin. Now, I think too often, many of us live much more like we are under the old covenant than under the new covenant. Matter of fact, if I'd ask most people about what Christianity is, they'd say, I'm a sinner. I need to be forgiven. God, forget Jesus died. God, Jesus just forgave me, and my sins are forgiven. And that's what they would boil all Christianity down just sins forgiven. Well, guess what? Go back 2,000 years and live under John's law then. There's so much more than that. We live, under, we live as if we're living under the old covenant. We think as though we're living under the old covenant so often. We think that all this Christian life is about is getting sins forgiven and getting, heading towards heaven. That's the old. We have so much more. We have Jesus. He broke our slavery to sin. When we are in Christ, we have been unified into his death, which means we choose to die to our old life. You know one of the biggest problems I see in the victorious Christian lives in people? They never want to give up the old. They say, oh, I want everything in Jesus, but I want to cling to my old and just add, sprinkle a little Jesus on top. Matter of fact, if you want to define much of what American Christianity is, unlike much of the rest of the world, it is cling to the old and sprinkle a little Jesus on top and say, well, I just got my sins forgiven because I said a prayer. And they say, that's Christianity. There's so much more. We have been united into Jesus' death and resurrection life. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. That's about a life of transformation. That's about a life of resurrection power. That's about saying, I want the old gone and I want to live into something new. And I think we need to wrestle with this. We need to understand what what God is trying to say to us, what he wants us to believe about ourselves. Because here's what I know. What you believe about yourself is what you are and what you become. Now, I'm not saying if you believe you're a chicken, you're going to become a chicken. But what I am saying, because there's a lot of nonsense around here, well, I believe I identify with this. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, if we believe that we are just a bunch of sinners that got to keep coming back and have our sins forgiven um, because Jesus died for my sins and all I do, I'm just a rotten, terrible sinner. I just keep failing and I got to crawl back to God for forgiveness all the time. If that's what you think about yourself, guess what? That's exactly how you will act. 
and you will live, and your life will be defined by it. Always failing, always defeated, always saying can't. But look at the truth about who you really are in Christ. The curse of sin has been broken because we are united with Jesus in his death and in his resurrection. He reversed the curse. He broke the curse. We are now in the likeness of his resurrection. The curse has been reversed. We can live overcoming lives by the power of Jesus within us. We have a new nature. We are now saints, not sinners. That's how God sees us. That's what Luke was telling us when he wrote what John's uh, said his response to the question was about whether or not he was the Messiah. Flip back to Luke 3, verse 16. He says it's different. John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you with water. But one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the throng of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John says the baptism is different. John baptized with water, symbolizing cleansing from sin. But Jesus' baptism symbolizes being united with him in his death and resurrection, and it results in the power of the Holy Spirit being released into our lives. That's where the new nature comes from. So that we are not um, dominated by sin anymore. We are empowered to live like Jesus. And what's that look like? Living like Jesus. It's being people who honestly are loving. It's people who honestly are forgiving. It's people who are generous. It's people who are kind. It's people who are holy. It's people who can say no to sin. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Look at the person next to you and say, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. If that's what this is about, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Tell that to the devil. The next time you are tempted in some way, tell that to the devil. Say, no, I'm a brand new person. I'm not just some guy who's got to keep coming back for forgiveness over and over. I don't just live in the old covenant. I live in a new covenant. I live with Jesus inside of me. I'm brand new. My nature is not defined by sinner. It's defined by saint now. It's defined by overcomer now. Next time the devil tempts you, tell him that. Say, guess what? The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, which stomped on your head, devil, dwells in me. You can overcome temptation just like Jesus overcame temptation because you dwell in him. Say that out loud the next time you are faced with a situation where you need to do something that's beyond you, where you need to forgive somebody that you say, I can't forgive that person. Oh, yes, you can in Christ. Where you need to be patient in a situation where you just can't be patient. Oh, yes, you can because you have a new nature in Christ. Tell that, tell that to yourself the next time you're faced with a situation where you need to turn the other cheek or you need to bless your enemy, which the Bible says is the definition of being a Christian. Friends, if we, live our, if we live our life like everybody else, we're no different. The rest of the whole world says, you know, curse your enemy, get ahead. Jesus said, if you're in me, you're different. Just love your enemy. Forgive. How do we do that? It's impossible. It is impossible under the old. It's not impossible under the new. Because the nature of Christ dwells within us. On your own, you can't do it. But you are not on your own. You are not on your own. John is trying to make the point. 
after him. Jesus would come and because of Jesus, now the spirit of God would dwell in us. You're not on your own. You don't live under John's baptism. You live under Jesus' baptism. And that results in the Holy Spirit empowering you to live like he lives. Because he is living in and through you. That's the truth. You need to, we need to own this reality. We need to own this truth. We need to write it down and say it every day if we don't believe it. You live under the new covenant, not the old. And a new covenant is the way of spirit-filled power in and through you with the new nature of Christ within you. Do me a favor and do yourself a favor. Stop saying, I can't. Christians shouldn't say that. Mike, you could say, God doesn't want me to. But don't just quit saying, I can't. And start saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what John was pointing to. In Christ, everything changes. He doesn't just forgive sins. He gives us a new nature. Not controlled and ruled anymore by sin. He reverses the curse. The curse began with Adam and Eve. And the curse was reversed when Jesus died and rose again. And you are united with him in salvation. He reverses the curse. We can live in the power of the Spirit coming from within us, our new nature. And friends, let's live, as a church, let's live into that truth. Let's always welcome the fullness of the Holy Spirit into our lives like we are doing. But let's live our lives, not just Sunday morning. Let's live Monday morning, welcoming the fullness of the Spirit into our lives. Because it's wonderful in church to get around and gather and pray and experience the goodness of God. But it's more wonderful, I think. This is a setup for Monday morning. When you can say, guess what? I'm walking with Christ with a new nature. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in whatever situation I come into because Jesus did. He showed it. And he's in me. And he's going to do it through me. That's, what we're, that's the difference between the baptism of John and the baptism of Jesus. And my thought today is, as we close, what area of your life Do you need the power of the Holy Spirit in today? That's the reality of the new nature, the new covenant. Surrender that to him today. Invite him into that situation. Don't limit the Lord's activity in your life. Don't own something as your own that's not really yours to own. Invite God into it. Don't fight what, 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 and and don't fight what he leads you into. He's going to lead you in the paths that look different than you think you're going to walk in. Don't fight him on it. Walk in those. So he can change you and empower you and transform you and transform us into the people that he wants us to be. We need to follow his lead. Why don't you stand with me this morning? I understand something today. The sermon's a little different than a, than a lot of times. There's more of the, the declaration than explanation. There's explanation in it. But I really felt the Lord saying, my church, I'm not just saying us, but my church lives as if the new covenant never started. You look around. It's just about Christianity as, oh, get my sins forgiven. I can go to heaven. 
God has so much more for us between now and then. He has new life for us to begin now and then. A lot of times we don't know it's even real because we don't even know that it's available. And the Lord is saying, I want to reverse the curse in your life. He has already if you're in Christ. But a lot of times we still think we're limited by what we believe about ourselves. Jesus looks at you and he sees a saint. Not a Roman Catholic saint. He sees, but it's important to say that. He sees someone who has been united with him in death and resurrection power and his spirit dwells within you and he can do anything through you. There's no limitations. That's what he sees. He sees someone pure and holy and righteous. Because the righteousness of Christ, his nature, has been imputed to you in salvation. He sees someone that can rise above and not wallow below. So, Heavenly Father, today, Lord, I would pray that somehow, as I have tried to explain what I feel like you're trying to get me to explain to, this, to our church family. That somehow it would somehow sink through and resonate within our souls of what we really are. Who we really are. Not somehow to make us superior or elite because that's not it at all. Just the opposite. It's because we recognize that without you we're nothing. We're just living in the old. We're, we're, we're cursed and we're We're unable to make it, but in you, you give us brand new life. You give us brand new life and a brand new nature. Help us, help us in our heart to see that today, in our soul to embrace that today of who we are in Christ. That instead of saying, I can't, We say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those things that you call us into. Now, if we're praying this morning, I don't know if this applies to anybody or not. First of all, if you're here today, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. And you know this about yourself. I don't care if you've gone to church a hundred years. You know that you're really not right with Jesus. You've just tried to keep your old life and kind of sprinkle Jesus on top. You basically say it this way, well, I'm going to do it this way. Well, I want to do it that way. And you've always really been the God and you've just kind of opened the door a little bit to, to this Jesus way. I'm wondering if today you want to get serious. I wonder if today you want to say, I really want to surrender the old. I really want to surrender the old and I want to go all in with Jesus. All in. And you know in your heart that that's not true about you. But something inside of you today is saying, I want to. If that's you, 
I want you to do something with me. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want you to take an action today because no one's looking around except for me. I want you to raise up your hand. When I see your hand, I'm going to tell you to put it down. All right? All right? Hands all over this place. Okay, anybody else? Say, I'm, okay. But I'm not all in, but I want to be all in. I've done it my way till now, but I want, I want to go all in with Jesus. Okay? Father, you see, our, you see our hearts. You see our hearts. And Lord, I believe this. I believe that you are cheering right now. Because all across this place we're saying, I want to go all in. That I know I'm not, but I want to. Well, Lord, on this day, I simply ask for everyone that has raised their hand today. That as they, as a, that act of, of invitation, that Holy Spirit right now, you would come and you would breathe in our lives. You'd respond to that. I'm going to invite Pastor Mitch just to begin to sing any song. Whatever he's playing, singing, just start singing. As he begins to sing, if you're saying, I want to act on, on saying, I want to be all in, and I, and I haven't been, you don't have to respond if you don't want. And it could be, you could also respond in any other way. You say, I just, I just say, I, I want to be all in. I'm going to invite you to come forward as he begins to sing. I just have a sense we're supposed to take another step of, of moving. And so, Pastor Mitch, as you start to sing, I invite you. Let's come down and let's say we're all in with Jesus this morning. Maybe you say, I've been all in, but I want to I just say I want to be all in. I'm going to invite you to come down. I invite you to come and move. Don't, don't ever let what somebody else thinks stop you from moving forward with God. Don't ever let embarrassment, don't ever let somebody else, what you see, what, what somebody, they're not known as even thinking about you. Don't ever let somebody else stop you from going forward with God. If you feel you're supposed to move as an act to say, God, I want to be all in and I'm not, or, or God, I want to be more all in, whatever that looks like, just move. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Don't ever let fear stop you. You will never, ever be disappointed taking a step forward with the Lord. Never.
Thank you, Father. Well, Lord, that's our prayer. We want more of you. We're all in. We're all in this morning, Lord. Taking a step forward. We're saying, I'm all in. Whatever that looks like. Not halfway. We don't want to be compromised. We don't want the things of this world to hold us back. We don't want to be saying we just live like everybody else. Lord, we know this, that the greatest life we could ever live, the most joy-filled life, the most empowered life, the most overcoming life, the most full life, you said we're, that you give us life abundantly, the most abundant life we could ever live is being all in with you. And so, Lord, we say this morning, we are all in with you. We're all in. And God, we surrender this, whatever you want. We, we say this, we're willing to say we'll give up anything in order to get the best. So Lord, in our hearts, as we're sitting here, we're all different as we're here today. If there's things inside of us that are holding us back, would you, would you just shine a light on that this morning? There's things inside of us, activities of our lives, things we're committed to, things we're doing that are in, inhibiting, pursuits in our life that are inhibiting I'll walk with you. Would you shine a light? Give us the gift of showing us those things today. 